I'd say things are very different, uh, obviously. Uh, we're all in a different place, but having a, a year under the belt for our coaches with our players, uh, we, we hope provides a, you know, an advantage. But there, there's a bunch of teams, including the one we're playing this week, where they have continuity as well. Welcome back, everybody, to Hot Takes on the Lake, the best Browns podcast for Browns fans by Browns fans. I'm Josh here, joined by your host, Nick Pompicelli. Nick, how are you doing today? Josh, I am fantastic. We are talking the sexiest position in the league, quarterbacks this episode. (laughs) Yes, yes we are. And we are also joined by a very special guest. It's rare, we haven't always done a lot of guests here on Hot Takes in the past, but this year we are looking for guests to be a, a bigger part Um, of our podcast especially with doing the two episodes a week again and today is a very special guest my older brother chris chris how is it going it's going pretty good guys how are you guys doing fantastic fantastic thanks for joining can't wait to get into this with the quarterbacks guys yes we are going to be ranking our all 32 quarterbacks starting quarterbacks uh or you know there's still a few to be decided so we're going to talk about that when we do the ranking but for the most part the point of it was to do the 32 starting quarterbacks uh first though we are going to start by previewing in depth the game this weekend it's opening day uh to be completely transparent we're recording a little bit early because i'm going on my honeymoon next week so we're not actually at the weekend before opening day but we're going to pretend like the excitement is at that level guys how are you feeling about the game this Sunday versus the Chiefs? Chris, you can go ahead. All right. Um, I feel absolutely wonderful. I am super confident, overly confident, in fact. And I'm loving what I'm seeing. And I really cannot wait for football season to really get underway. Absolutely. It's crazy to think it's just uh, three days away. Oh, I cannot believe it. Yeah, I've just been, especially when you have a team, you know, you're looking forward to, you know, to watching because they're actually going to be good. They're not going to suck this year. I mean, it's just been from the the Super Bowl till now, it's just been, you know, counting down the days until I can finally watch football again. Absolutely. And before we jump into this game specifically, Chris, I guess I will just give you a second just so the fans know. Uh, Last episode, our first episode, we did do our overall just kind of season predictions and those type of things. You know, where do you stand as a Browns fan going into this year, Uh, you know, just kind of overall on the Browns? Uh, Well, honestly, as I said, I'm overly optimistic. Um, I feel like the Browns, it's really everything with anybody who watches the Browns and has been a Browns fan – uh, something that we've really starved for is a good system, um, something that can come in and actually play to our players' strengths. And um, I really think that uh, we finally, finally have that with our team. So I'm very optimistic. Um, I am, I'm definitely expecting uh, 12 wins or more this season. So I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, a little bit surprised. You're typically the – not as optimistic Browns fan that I talk to. So uh, it's good to hear that you're optimistic as well. Um, and me and Nick both said 13 and four in our prediction. So pretty close uh, to what you're I saying. Mean, at some point, Josh, it has to be how, how many weapons can you possibly <laughs> put on a team yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to finally actually win? Like every team. Yeah. has I, I mean it's it's absolutely crazy with this one and the depth too you get to almost we went over it last episode we went through every unit 
I would say 90% of our units all just have incredible depth on top of, um, you know, excellent starters. So, <clears throat> let's jump into this opening game against the Chiefs. Nick, we'll, we'll go to you this time. Obviously, playoff rematch. This is the team that knocked us out of the playoffs on their hunt to eventually win the AFC and uh, make it to the Super Bowl last year, almost repeating as Super Bowl champs but falling a little bit short. But they did knock us out on their way in a you know very obviously disappointing game for Browns fans, but also a very good game, very back-and-forth game in a lot of ways. I would say the Browns have definitely gotten better since that game as far as personnel. Um, but, but what about the chiefs? They, they did trade for a new tackle Orlando Brown from Baltimore. They gave up their first pick as well as several other picks from this last draft for Orlando Brown. They did also sign guard Joe, I think it's Thuny or Thuny. Um, and they also brought guard Kyle Long out of retirement, uh, to play for them this year. So they've really been making improvements to that offensive line. What do you think about the chiefs going into this game? Uh, I mean, especially when you, you know, you sign Patrick Mahomes for that long of a contract and that much money, um, it all starts with the offensive line. You have to be able to protect the guy. So definitely, Orlando Brown uh, is definitely going to help bolster that offensive line. Uh, really shocking getting Kyle Long out of retirement. I did not see that coming, but I mean, hell, when you're going to compete for a, a Super Bowl for the next few years, I mean, it's not really going to take much convincing on on their part to get him out of retirement. Um, but I feel like. They haven't improved, you know, leaps and bounds, and that's not a knock on them. I still think they're arguably the best team in football. They're just, they just still are right up there. I think the Browns definitely have caught up to them. We've been the team that improved a lot more than they have for sure, um, especially on defense, like we got into last episode. But um, I think if anything, we'll be a lot closer in uh, in talent to the Chiefs for sure. And I know last year definitely we benefited from Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. In the divisional game, um, and my God, Chad, Chad Henney tried his hardest to throw away that game, but then ended up pulling it out at the end. Um, just again, because I think we've if we had a better defense, that wouldn't have happened. But um, I, I think it'll be a, a pretty competitive game on both sides of the ball. Um, like I said, Kansas City's still probably the best team in the league. They're always dangerous. Um, the best quarterback, one of the best receivers, Tyreek Hill is just explosive. Um, but I think this defense will be a better match for him this year. Chris, what do you think? Um, actually, I I love this matchup. I am so happy it is our season opener. Um, and especially because with a team like Kansas City, uh, they're going to be getting their, I guess, their their first game jitters out. And I think that that could really play to our advantage. Uh, us, I think we will be the underdogs in that game. And... Uh, we have definitely something to prove from last season. And um, one of the biggest things, too, is uh, to kind of touch with, uh, with Nick here is the um, is clearly, you know, they're, they're still the best team in the league. And what happens is, to me, is when you have two teams as caliber as us and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's also going to come down to coaching. And Andy Reid, in my opinion, is the best coach, and he has proved that. Um, he is the quarterback whisperer, and that's one of the reasons I believe that Patrick Mahomes is where he is. It, yes, he's a talented quarterback, but a guy like Andy Reid can really outcoach uh, almost anyone in the league. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. Yeah, me too. And I alluded to this 
in our first episode, but I'm giving the Browns a much higher shot at winning than I think a lot of people are. Um, not discounting anything from the Chiefs, but a lot of people are saying, oh, if the Browns had, you know, were facing the Chiefs in week 10 or something, you know, you'd have a better chance of winning. I, I think the opposite. I think the fact that we're facing them in the season opener is giving us our best chance of any week, um, you know, with except for maybe week, week 18, they might be resting their starters. But beyond that, I mean, week one, I think we absolutely – uh, can pull out the upset, which this is one of the few teams in the NFL where I would still consider it an upset. Um, so that's definitely where I lean. Um, but what about expectations for individual players on the Browns? Chris, I guess we'll go back to you first on this one. So since me and Nick already kind of talked about individual players in the last episode, Baker, OBJ, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, any of the rookies we drafted, what players are you going to be looking for specifically on the Browns in this game against the Chiefs? Oh, uh, for sure. It's going to be Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney. It's all going to start up front. And as you guys uh, mentioned uh, getting long back with them to play on their offensive line to try to bolster that. I really think that this is going to be a game that is going to run, that is really going to be ran uh, by the, by the three second pass with Mahomes. Give Mahomes too much time. He is absolutely deadly. And we know this. Uh, so with us getting the pressure to him, we're going to be doing what we do best. Uh, so those are definitely two guys I'm going to be paying attention uh, the other on the other side of the ball uh, for the offensive side. Now, I know that Odell. Uh, he's he's if I'm not mistaken, he's uh, going to be kind of worked slowly, and I don't know. I would not expect him to be starting that game. Uh, I my I don't want to get my hopes up for that. Um, so honestly, I I'm probably going to be looking a lot to see how uh, how Baker does with our. With our tight ends, uh, our two running backs, uh, obviously I think that we have the clearly the best running back tandem in the league. So we're going to be using that to our strength. Um, so really it's going to be our really what our running game is going to be to our, uh, our defensive scheme. And Nick, I'll throw it over to you, but real quick, last I heard, and again we are recording this a little bit early uh, for this opening week, but um, Kyle Long did already get hurt over the offseason. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, from last I heard, he was going to be okay by opening week. Um, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So I'm not 100% sure if he will be um, you know, back and healthy by that week one. Just wanted a quick update there. Uh, but Nick, how do you feel about the individual Browns players? Um, I expect the offense to pick up where it left off last year. Um Again, like we talked about last episode, having arguably the best offensive line in football um, and having the best one-two punch in football with uh, with Hunt and Chubb. Um, I expect that to just, you know, carry on like it's been going. Those guys to just, you know, just basically run the offense. Um, Baker to still be on, you know, good have good chemistry with guys like Higgins and Landry. Um, OBJ, again, you know, coming back off that injury, he seems to be progressing well. Um, I agree with with you, Chris, that I wouldn't expect him to, you know, start right out of the gate and just go back to his full amount of reps, uh, probably work him in in situational uh, situations at first. But a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, in that case could really step up and uh, really take that leap that I think he's going to this year. I'm really excited to see him. Um, but, yeah, offensively, I'm really just excited to see, you know, this offense really in the second year of Kevin Stefanski's scheme and his playbook. Um, and him having a better understanding of exactly um, 
how to utilize the talent that he has, and he has a, you know, a an abundance of it this year. So I really am excited to see just how that gels and just you know see the the chemistry that we saw last year for sure. Yeah, and for me, I'm definitely going to be looking more towards uh, on the defensive side. Chris already brought it up at Jadavian Clowney. I, uh, yeah, of course, I'm just going to be excited to see him as a new player, but also our defensive rookies, Greg Newsom and JOK, uh, making it hopefully an impact in that opening game. Be it that our defense was one of our biggest, you know, downfalls in that playoff game, but our biggest downfall in that playoff game, of course, was. Tyron Matthew, the one player that intercepted the ball from Baker Mayfield in that game with, in my opinion, what was not a bad throw, was a great interception uh, and was a big part of turning that game against us. So on the offensive side, I'm going to be much more looking forward to seeing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the running game, first and foremost. It's week one. You have to establish the run. Um, and not that I don't want Baker to throw it, but every time he throws it, I'm going to be worried about Tyron Matthew in that in that uh, secondary. So definitely going to be looking more so, especially if OBJ is not there full-time starting like what Chris alluded to. I'm really excited to see the running game get reestablished this year. And if I can say and just add this, definitely pay attention. And we all know Kevin Stefanski is a huge tight ends coach. He's a huge fan of using the tight end. Um Watching Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, um, watching Austin Hooper, those guys having – I'm telling you, one of them is going to have a terrific game this game. Just watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Nick, do you think there is a specific – after watching that playoff game and, and seeing what we have done as far as addition to our team – is there a specific game plan we should be going into against the Chiefs that maybe will give us a better shot to win this time around than in the playoff game against them? Um, I would definitely say, if anything, um, like I said last episode, we had a, you know, we had to talk about Miles Garrett finally being fully healthy back from COVID, getting his stamina back. Um, and then you pair him with a guy like Clowney on both edges and, you know, still having a guy like Billings back. Um, on the inside, as well as Jackson, I think if you can just get in the home's face, make him uncomfortable, um, and then also with the improved secondary with Troy Hill and Johnson and a healthy Denzel Ward, and you know we'll see what happens with uh, how much playing time Newsom gets, as well as uh, Greedy Williams if he can stay healthy. So I think if we get pressure on Mahomes, our secondary is much improved, so that you know I think we can get a lot of sacks, get in his face, get pressure. Um, I really think that's how you that's how you beat the Chiefs is you you take it off from the head. You knock out Patrick Mahomes, you make him uncomfortable, um, can't get it to guys like Hardman and, and Tyreek Hill who can just, you know, run all over the field and wreak havoc out there. So I think it really starts with that defensive line. Would you agree with that, Chris? Absolutely. Uh, as I had mentioned before, I think especially how good our offensive line is to be able to keep pressure off of Mayfield, uh, allow us to do the the running to set up for the play action, and then for our defensive line to be able to get in and um, and disrupt Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, Nick mentioned it perfect, uh, giving too much time, <clears throat> guys like Tyreek Hill to be able to do 20-yard 20 uh, 20, 20 posts, uh, these, these slant routes, and be able to make those medium to long throws, that's what kills us. Not even to mention Travis Kelsey. Tight ends in history, tight ends typically kill our defense. The one thing I've been worried about 
is our linebacker play and I our coverage at that position. So again, I think that the tight end is going to be the is really what as crazy as it sounds. So yes, the running game, but the tight tight end play by the Chiefs is really what can make or break us. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, for me, the main thing I'm going to be looking at is the time of possession. Uh, in that playoff game, it was very close. It was it was within a minute of each other, but we actually lost the time of possession battle in that game. Slight edge to Kansas City. I think the best way, maybe even the only way, to beat Patrick Mahomes is to keep the ball out of his hands as much as possible. If we only allow them to have seven or eight possessions during the game, we have a much better chance of limiting uh, their scoring ability. Because as far as the defensive uh, you know, end stopping them, I have confidence, but I just don't have confidence in any defense really stopping Patrick Mahomes. So I think the best way to stop him is actually with our offense and with the time of possession. Not only does that include establishing the run, but also just limiting the mistakes. No turnovers, no bad interceptions, which is tough to ask from a week one team, but I think it's going to be important this week. I definitely agree with that. And let's please hope that if there's any more helmet-to-helmet contact <laughs> At the from line. Daniel Sorensen, <laughs> that it is called. Please. Yeah, that was bad. Please. That was bad. <laughs> um, so, Chris, I'll start with you on this one. Let's say we win the, the Browns win the game or the Browns lose the game. What would a week one win against the Chiefs and a week one loss against the Chiefs? What would that mean for the Browns season moving forward? How much stock would you put into a week one win or a week one loss? Well, if I, I will say this. If we have a week one loss, I don't think uh, we will be too deflated. I don't think the city will be too deflated as long as it's a good game. Um, now, again, I, I mentioned history with, with us, and history does not serve us too well with our openers, um, with us getting off on the right foot, uh, playing clean, and showing what we're capable of. Like I said, those, those first game jitters, I'm hoping – that we're okay, um, and, and that we at least put up a fight if we're going to lose. Uh, I want to see some promise from these guys. Uh, but a week one win, if it is a clean, good win, and it's not by some fluke mistake, uh, honestly, the city of Cleveland is going to be all about Cleveland Super Bowl Brown. <laughs> Yeah, uh, real quick, Nick, before I throw it to you, let me just remind everybody, the last time the Browns won in week one, me and Nick were entering fourth grade. Nick, how much stock would you put into a week one win or a week one loss here against the Chiefs? Uh, I want to say I want to put a lot of stock into it, but, I mean, mean, we've seen it before. I mean, that opening game against the Ravens, where we had that disastrous fake punt attempt. I mean, that was just a, a comedy of errors from beginning to end. Um, started off on the wrong foot, but then ended up improving the rest of the year. Um, so I, I would say if we, like I said, at least on the offensive side, there's enough continuity and enough consistency from last year. Um, that should go off without a hitch. Defense, I expect there to be some growing pains with new guys and rookies obviously getting some time in. Um so as long as it's not a complete blowout and we're just completely lost on both sides of the ball, um, I'm not going to be, you know, the sky is falling if if it's a if it's a, a good loss, quote unquote. If there's like a good loss, um, but if we come out there and we're just not prepared, and like I said, we just get our fucking asses kicked from beginning to end, and Patrick Mahomes and 
Tyreek Hill and Kelsey just go off on us. Um, it's definitely going to be a, a, a bad start to the year and just put a sour a sour taste in our mouths. Like I said, when we're we've been so hyped up, you know, for the first time pretty much ever, we haven't been this hyped up for a Brown season. Um, it's really going to start it off on a bad note. But if we go out there and we play and we just get out outplayed by a better team, I can I can live with that. I would say to wrap that up, I think it's a pretty good scenario for the Browns because I think it's if we win, it's going to be huge as far as the fan reaction, the momentum, the fan base, uh, because our our schedule just gets so much easier in the weeks after that. That that week one win, we know that's our you know toughest game until halfway through the season. Um, and if we lose, we're losing to debatably the best team in the NFL. I think most people would say the best team in the AFC. Uh, so I think what Chris said, as long as we don't look terrible, it wouldn't be bad. But I mean, even last year we got blown out by the Ravens and we followed it up with our best season ever. So you can never put too much stock win or lose into a week one game as far as the season goes. But just as far as locally here in Cleveland, the fans, a win would be just insane. I don't know if I would go to work the next day. I probably would, but it just, it would be, it would be pretty crazy. Um, let's finish this off. Nick, we'll start with you. What is your score prediction for this game against the Chiefs? Oh boy, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 34 to 24 in favor of Kansas City, only because I, like I said, I think the offense will come out looking like it did last year. Um, it'll pick back right up where we left off, but I think the defense. There's still just gonna be some growing pains with new guys coming back. Learning a new defense, and if you know, like I said, given you know the rookies out there, um, you know how how they're going to adjust, how much playing time they'll even get. Um, it's definitely going to be a, a tough test going up against the most you know unstoppable offense in the league. So I think it'll be a close game, but I think uh, Kansas City edges it out by ten um, and, and takes Week One. But I think, like I said, it'll be it'll be a close game and nothing that we can be you know too depressed about the next day. I'll go the other way. Um, I think that we're going to start off by trying to limit the the time of possession scoring as much as we can. I think it'll be low scoring in the first half, but I don't think we're going to be able to do that all game, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to exploit our young defense eventually. So I do think it's going to end up being a high-scoring second half, but I'm going to go with the Browns on this one, and I'm going to go 27-24 to Browns. Definitely, I think, is going to be a one-score game, though, either way. Chris, you're the tiebreaker. What's your score prediction for this week one matchup? So as I said it before, I think the defensive line is going to run this game. Josh, like you said, time of possession. We're going to force Kansas City to run the ball and run the ball often. Um, I really think with us controlling the ball as well, we just have the better – we just have – defensive line and I think Jadavian Clowney has everything to prove this season and I cannot wait and if you were paying attention Miles Garrett was not happy about his 16th in the NFL top 100 rating so he he says there's if there's better guys than him then he's coming after it this season so honestly I have 27 24 Cleveland Browns All right, well, that is our prediction. That's our preview of the opening game. Now, in previous years, if you've been listening, typically we don't come back and talk about the game until later on in the week. We kind of let it settle, give ourselves a chance to rewatch the game, but we're switching it up this year, so stay tuned. 
Monday morning, maybe even Sunday night, we'll see. We're going to be posting that recap episode of Hot Takes on the Lake very soon after that opening game. So make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, wherever that may be, so that you can get notified as soon as that recap episode is posted. Now we are going to be going on to our second half of this episode here uh, in our second Uh, episodes of the week if we don't have a lot to talk about in the preview uh, then a lot of times we'll we'll probably have you know some type of special little segment here and for our first one we thought it'd be very fun to have Chris come on and rank the 32 starting quarterbacks of the NFL now we're not quite at week one and like I said earlier we are a couple weeks away recording this so not all 32 starting positions have been guaranteed but we're going to do our ranking our top 32 so I guess we'll start off I don't know how long your guys' lists are, how many other quarterbacks you included. So if there's any that are lower ranked than 32, you can just give those honorable mentions. And then we'll start off going your number 32 to number 26. So everybody below the top 25. Um, how, how, what order do we want to do this in? Anyone have any preference? I have no order. No. All right. You can start, Josh. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Oh, shit. Okay. See, I like going not first because then, okay. Um, All right, well, I can, I can go first. No, no, we're not going to make we'll you. We're not, first, no, we're not going to make you go first. I'll go first, and then we'll do uh, we'll do me, and then Chris, and then Nick. Does that sound good? Yep. Cool. All right. All right. So first of all, I have three quarterbacks here that did not make it into my top thirty-two, um, and I'm not sure any of these are, are starting to be honest actually one of them is Daniel Jones I know he's starting I don't think the Giants have any other quarterback but um I thought Daniel Jones was one of the worst reach picks in the draft in like forever and I don't even follow college football that much um and he's proven I think he's proven me correct in that so he didn't make my list even though he has basically a guaranteed starting position um also Taysom Hill he's not a quarterback I don't care what anyone says um so he's not part of my list <laughs> And then I think <laughs> I think Drew Locke also just lost his job to Teddy Bridgewater. But honestly, unfortunately, I would also put Teddy Bridgewater in the same spot. I wouldn't put either of them in my top 32. I think Teddy Bridgewater has the potential, but he's just been given so many chances since coming back from his injury, and he hasn't proven to be a starting quarterback. So I'm not expecting that. So those are my honorable mentions. And then we're going to go through this quickly here since it's the, you know, the kind of the top part of the list, but number 32 worst one in the league, I think is Sam Darnold. I think, you know, he does have a chance to prove himself this year on a new team, but uh, yeah, I've seen nothing from him. That's made me think he's a starting caliber quarterback. Um, Number 31, I have Mac Jones. I will fully admit as I have several times on this podcast that not huge into college football. So a lot of the rookies are towards the bottom of my list, not because I think they're bad, but because there's very few of them that I have any kind of expectations for. So with that being said, number 31 is Mac Jones, number 30 is Trey Lance, and number 29 is Zach Wilson for the same reason. And the only uh, reasons I have them ranked that way is just based on the things I have heard uh, as far as who to expect more from. Um, And then number 28, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. I believe he was given the starting job in Washington, which I'm happy to see. Cool guy. Um, But I don't expect much from him. 27, Jalen Hurts. Kind of feel the same way about him as well. I'm glad that he it looks like he'll be starting, but um, don't have a lot of expectations for him either. And then number 26 is Jared Goff, who was traded to Detroit to die. So hopefully I'm pulling for him, but I don't expect much from him either. All right, Chris, I think you were going to go next. 
Yep. First all of right, all, so first of all, you, if you we can react to each other's lists as well. So if you if you have any of those, you know, that aren't bottom of your list or whatever, don't be afraid to talk about them. But obviously, go ahead with your list whenever you're ready. Oh, good. Okay, absolutely. Because I'm going to crap all over your list. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. So, <laughs> um, so as far as guys that did not make my top thirty twos. It, it, it was a mixture of a couple of things because we really don't know some of the teams who the starters are going to be. Um, so I'll touch on them if they're hurting quarterback that I feel it should be on the list, maybe not. But um, anyway, so I have at number 32, I have Andy Dalton. Honestly, I've never thought highly of him. I never really thought he was that great. I thought he was okay in an okay system. Um, I, ha- I think he's honestly one throw away from Justin Fields, as I had mentioned off air. Um, number 31, I do have Sam Darnold. I think he's young enough. He's 24 years old. He does have, he does have potential. He just makes bad decisions. Number 30, I do have Zach Wilson. I'm not a huge fan of him. He did good at BYU. And, um, honestly, you had mentioned teams to go to die. I think Jets are just one of those teams. Um, number 29, I have Tua. Tua was okay. He's on. It, Dolphins is just one of those teams, man. I want to like them so much, but they are just bad. And it reminds me, honestly, of the Browns. And I, I feel for them, honestly. Um, so two, I do have at number twenty nine. Um, twenty eight. Uh, which number? Uh, what number are we going down to the here? Twenty six. Okay, twenty six. So twenty eight. I do have Jamie Winston. Uh, I thought he was, he was okay in in an okay system when he was in Tampa Bay. I think that he is the type of guy that does make, he will just make any decision he feels he'll take the chances and they either pay off or they don't. But the thing with him is he just forgets, man. He makes a mistake. It's he'll make the same mistake, not a mistake again, but he'll take the same chance again, uh, which I do like in a quarterback. Number 27 is uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz should be a good quarterback if he can stay healthy. And I wasn't a huge on him, but he is a good quarterback when he is healthy. But with him not playing, I mean, you got guys like Sam Ellinger, uh, I think Jalen Morton and Brett Hundley are are trying to gun for that. And for anybody that doesn't know those quarterbacks, Sam Ellinger is basically Colt McCoy 2.0. Uh, he came from Texas, not a lot of arm strength. Um, but, uh, but he was a good college quarterback, uh, Jalen Morton. I think he recorded a hundred yard throw, uh, which in air, which was just absolutely insane. And then Brett Hundley, who I did want to mention, if anybody remembers back in like 2017 or 18, he did beat the Browns, uh, right at the end of the season (laughs) when he was with green Bay substituting and, um, subbing in. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. Um, and then lastly, number 26 for me, I do have Cam Newton, which a lot of people would uh, would would really throw rocks at me for. But uh, Cam Newton, when it comes to co- when it comes to a, a player that can coach and rally guys, I do like Cam. It's something about him; he just makes guys want to compete. So I could not let him go. All right. Um, starting off, I don't really have any honorable mentions. Uh, Anybody that's not on this list isn't really worth mentioning in the first place, so I'll just start with 32. Um, Andy Dalton is just hot garbage. Um, <laughs> hot because his he's the fucking ginger and he has red hair. Garbage because he's garbage. <laughs> Justin Fields will be playing by week three, mark my words. The guy is just terrible. Number 31, Sam Darnold. Um, 
I was high on him out of college. I hope that his new um, his new surroundings, his new city, will you know maybe spark something. I mean, he has arguably the best running back in the league, uh, Christian McCaffrey behind him. So we'll see. But he's pretty low on the list. Carson Wentz. Um, if you're a fan of SpongeBob, Carson Wentz is that guy where they're selling chocolate. He's like, I have glass bones and paper skin, and he's all like in a in a body cast. That's Carson Wentz. Um, I don't expect him to make it past week five being healthy. Twenty-eight. I'll do Teddy Bridgewater. He wears two gloves while he's th- while he throws as a quarterback. That just knocks him down to twenty-eight. I'm just off of that. Um, they have a good defense, but and good receivers actually. He's just a terrible quarterback. So is Drew Locke. Um, he's not even good enough to make this list. Number 28, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I think he has a lot of potential. I just didn't think Brian Flores could make up his mind whether he wanted him or Fitzpatrick last year. Um, but he's low on the list because um, I just really haven't seen enough of him yet. But, you know, maybe this full season of him actually being the guy will change that. Um, number 27, Jameis Winston. Jameis, he's a talented quarterback. Um, he just throws a lot of interceptions, like you said, Chris. He just doesn't really give a fuck. He'll just, you know, launch it wherever he feels like it. Um, if he had a little bit more patience and a little play, you know, with without reckless abandon, I mean, I think he'd be a much better quarterback. Yeah. Um, 26. Um, yeah, and number 26, finally, I'll go with uh, Zach Wilson. Um, I'm not very high on him at all. Um, I would say besides Mac Jones, Zach Wilson is at the bottom of this quarterback class this year. Um his body kind of reminds me of like a Johnny Manziel type of body. I don't know how long that's going to last in the league. Um, he's got a good arm. He's just and he's on the Jets. It's a terrible franchise, so I don't expect much out of him. Fair enough. I like that. I um, like that. So let's go ahead and moving forward, looking to this in groups of five. I think we'll probably have a little bit more to say about these quarterbacks as we move up here. So uh, starting first, we'll go from twenty-five to twenty-one. Uh, so top, starting the top 25 down to number 21. So I'll go ahead and start that off. Uh, for me, number 25 is Derek Carr. Not a Derek Carr guy. Never have been. Um, just don't don't think he's – I think he's like a baseline starting quarterback. Like I can understand why he's a starter, but I think if he ever leaves the Raiders, he will not be a starter again. Um, number 24, I have Justin Fields. Uh, reason I have him a little bit higher than a lot of the other rookies is just because he is one of the only ones I've actually seen play in college because Ohio State's one of the few teams that I periodically will watch. So, And I liked what I saw. Um, and I really hope that he starts sooner than later because I would love to face him in week three. Um, number 23, I have Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston is just awesome to watch. If they try to start Taysom Hill over him, it's going to be a tragedy. Um, in 2019, uh, Jameis Winston threw for over 5,000 yards, threw 33 touchdowns, and had 30 interceptions. So he's basically <laughs> he's basically me playing Madden. Um, yes. <laughs> and I just love watching him. Uh, number 22, I have Carson Wentz. I do have a little bit of faith in him as far as just getting a new start on this new team. I do think he has a chance, but obviously he has to stay healthy, which already seems like a long shot. So I don't have a ton of faith in him, but I do think there's a chance he can at least prove himself to be a starter again. Um, and then number one is Jimmy Garoppolo, just kind of another baseline. I have confidence in his ability, but I don't expect him to come out and have any type of MVP year or put up any type of excellent stats. You could argue that he might be in the top 15 or, you know, 20 to 15. I wouldn't really argue that, but I just don't see much from him thus far. That would put him in my top 20. So he's number 21 for me. 
Nice. All right. So I'll go. Uh, so number 25, as much as Nick may hate me, I did put Teddy Bridgewater. Although we are, I mean, that's like the end of the bottom of the barrel. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to put there simply because of uh, because of his leadership capability and his decent play. He's basically a filler quarterback. I mean, they're just trying to get a guy in there to, to bridge over this year. Uh, no pun intended. So, uh, number 24, I do have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is amazing. I love watching the guy play. The dude has grit. Him and Josh McCown are just those – those are the veterans you just root for and you just want to do well. Um, so, I definitely have Ryan Fitz at 24. 23, I do have Daniel Jones. So, Daniel Jones, to me, as much as I didn't really care for him, I just don't think he had a good team at all. Uh, the guy had no help. Um, it, it, between injuries, terrible offensive line. He was running for his life. Didn't he almost have a 99-yard run, or wasn't it something ridiculous yeah. last year and he lost his footing? He fell, yeah. It, I don't know if it yeah. was 99, <laughs> but it was like nine, plus 90, yeah. Yes, it was some ridiculous run. Uh, Jared Goff, it's one of those players, you know, he had over 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, but he had a 90 passing rating. Um, I do think – He's precise enough. Um, Lions seem to try to be making some moves, so I do have a little bit of hope for him. I just feel bad for the guy, to be honest. Um, and then 21, I have um, I have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this is a guy I'm not huge on, and I'm pretty vocal about it. I just – there's not much special. I, I He's good – he's good on the run. Uh, he has that – he has that young quarterback look, and he's tall. Um, he's he's athletic, but there's. I feel like once the NFL starts catching up to him, um, he's just one of those guys that I, I just feel like it's a big risk with him. Uh, it just my eye test with him. So, all right, and Nick. Alrighty, uh, number twenty-five. I'll go with uh, Fitzmagic as well. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I mean, whenever he you plug him in, he just he's just magic. He's he's fits magic. I love watching him. I'm um, still having fun out there, even in his old age. Um, number 24, I'll go with Jimmy G. Um, it's only a matter of time before Trey Lance uh, takes over that team. Um, kind of like any Dalton situation, I don't think they'll give Jimmy G much of a leash um, with that offense before. Uh, excuse me, before Trey Lance gets gets the gets the helm. Uh, 22 will go with Cam Newton. Um, I still like Cam. I just, I don't know, man. Just ever, ever since Super Bowl 50, he just hasn't looked the same. Um, I know he's been battling injuries, and now he has a rookie looking over his shoulder. So maybe it will be a prove-it year, and Cam will, uh, will really uh, impress some people. Uh, 22, Jared Goff. Yeah, he's going to die in, in Detroit. I mean, it's just going to be a, a shit show. He's going to actually die. Um, he's going to get shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's always a possibility as well. Um, I shouldn't say that. Number 21, I'll go with Justin Fields. Um, obviously, I am a psycho diehard Ohio State fan, so obviously I was high on Justin Fields coming out of college. Um, I don't understand why he slipped as far as he did. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and he's going to make a lot of people pay for it, but I don't know if the coaching staff that he has there in Chicago will be the one that will help him uh, lead that team to the promised land. And then number 20, I'll go with Trevor Lawrence, back-to-back uh, -back the, the top two quarterbacks in this draft. Um, I, I, he is immensely talented. I just have him at 20 only because uh, that team is so bad around him. And uh, Travis Etienne, 
his college teammate and, you know, high draft pick, he's going to be out for this year. So that's another weapon that he won't have. Um, and then Urban Meyer transferring from the college game to the pro game. I don't think that's going to do Trevor Lawrence any favors, at least this season. So that's why he's, uh, you know, just barely in the top 20 this year. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go uh, start off. So we're going to get into the top 20 here. So 20 to 16. Uh, we'll go ahead and start there. And so in my top 20, breaking the top 20 is Cam Newton. Um, it's so hard for me to let go of Cam Newton as like a really good quarterback. Um, I just, you know, I really hoped he did great last year. It didn't really work out. I hope that he can keep, at this point, I just hope he can keep the starting position. Um, you know, I, I could understand someone ranking him way lower than I have him on here, but I do have him cracking my top 20. Uh, and then 19, I do, uh, similar to Nick, I have Trevor Lawrence at 19. Again, don't know a ton about him as far as I haven't seen his college play, but I think any quarterback that's taken number one in a draft, um, let alone someone with the hype that Trevor Lawrence has had, much more hype than I've seen probably since Andrew Luck could be the last time I saw hype like that. Um, I'm going to put him at 19 because this is basically where I would say good quarterback play. Like These 19 quarterbacks, or even 20 if you include Cam Newton, I expect good play from these quarterbacks. So I would put him at 19. Uh, and then 18, I have Tua. I'm pretty high on Tua. I have been since he started in the NFL. Um, I actually really liked what I saw from him so far. So I hope that he progresses. I'm also just rooting for him as well. Um, I just like him as a quarterback. And I kind of agree with Chris that I'm rooting for the Dolphins for some reason. Maybe it's because they're that underdog like the Browns have been. Uh, number 17, I have Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I do like Dak Prescott more as the years go on. I started off... Not that big of a fan of his, but I, I, I'm, I've become more of a fan and a believer in his abilities, but not not all the way just yet. I still feel like he's not that top 10 quarterback that some people claim that he is. Um, and then as far as my number 16, I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow had a very good year. But then, unfortunately, halfway through the year, he had a catastrophic injury. I mean, he played us in his second game ever and threw and went 37 for 61 with no interceptions. Um, but, unfortunately, that injury just kind of resets him. You know, no one knows how he's going to bounce back from that. So, I have him at 16. Mm. Okay. So, I am up. And, I, man, I really, I really like your your explanation on Joe Burrow. Um, so for number 20, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a guy I, I've just been a fan of his and I think he is honestly a good quarterback. Um, I, I know that a lot of people are expecting it to be handed over to, um, to Lance, but I, I just, I feel like he's one season away. This might be his audition for just a different team. Um, maybe the Vikings or maybe even the, the Redskins. Um, but I just can't let go of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, number 19, I have Jalen Hurts, who is one of my favorite quarterbacks. Uh, I've been high on him since college, both college teams he was on. When he went to the Sooners, amazing leadership capability when he's comfortable. Uh, I love his maturity, and I think last season he was dealt a shitty hand, and I, I it was driving me crazy, his benching and everything else that they were doing over there. Um, the Eagles are just a mess. Number 18, I have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is great. Um, he's obviously from Ohio, so I like that as well. Um, and I root for him. He had an amazing season until injuries, and I really, really, really hope 
that that isn't something that continues to linger. Uh, 17, I have Ben Roethlisberger. Ben is Ben. He had 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, almost 100 quarterback rating, uh, passer rating. So I just – the guy gets it done, man. He's The guy seems to be just ageless. And uh, 16, I have Kirk Cousins, uh, another guy, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 13 picks. Uh, people that put up those numbers, I mean, you just can't – you can't deny that, and Kirk Cousins just does it year in, year out. All right, Nick. Okay, I'm just going to revise my list real quick because I actually somehow left off somebody, so I'm going to push up uh, Trey Lance before Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, so then Trevor Lawrence will actually be my 19. And then 18 will be Derek Carr. Um I honestly don't know what John Gruden thinks of this guy. I don't know if he likes him as his quarterback or doesn't like him. It's hard to tell. I can't imagine he has that much time left as you know as their quarterback before they move on. Um, number seventeen will be also be Big Ben. Um, this freaking guy just every every time you think he's dead and gone, he just keeps coming back. He's like Jason Voorhees, my God. Um, yeah, he's definitely not big the Big Ben of old. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, I definitely think the Steelers will definitely be third in the division behind us in Baltimore this year. Um, but 16 will be Cousins. Um, another guy who is a, a good veteran, can get it done, but not going to wow you. So we, that's why he's kind of middle of the pack. Um, decent team. You know, I, I feel like Minnesota could give us a tough we, – we travel there, I think, third or fourth week of the season. So, you know, he's always a, 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 good, a tough matchup for some reason. I don't know why. Um, another guy that we play, I think, back-to-back will be Justin Herbert at 15. Um, as I explained to Josh uh, beforehand, I'm not really ready to crown Justin Herbert as one of the next you know, pillars of this league yet. Um, he definitely has a lot of talent. He uh, has a, a good team around him on both sides of the ball. Um, but he's still just too young, still trying to figure it out. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Baker going up with him, um, like I said, early on in the season, just to see kind of where his uh, – you know where his ability is is right now because like i said I'm, I'm high on him but i think people are pumping him up a little too much i see people saying he's already better than baker mayfield and guys that have been in the league longer than than herbert has so um i like him but i, I think he's at 15 right now and i think that's a good spot for him yeah i agree dude justin herbert like i think he's good i he broke the he's rookie, fine rookie I mean, touchdown like, record but like people are like sixth best quarterback in the league it's like chill out oh, Christ. chris has him number one okay <laughs> so, I'm revising my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, to- I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we'll go number 15 to number 11 here. We'll do uh, the rest of outside of the top 10. So my number 15 is Big Ben. Um, I basically agree with everything both of you said. I still think he's a good quarterback, good starter, but there's just people that have surpassed him because he has passed his prime, in my opinion, at this point. But uh, do I still think he could throw for three or four touchdowns even against us? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm going to go with Big Ben at 15. Number 14 is where I have Kirk Cousins. I mean, talk about someone who was supposed to become an elite quarterback and just kind of never did. I mean, he's done some good things in Minnesota, but uh, yeah, he, I have him at 14. I still feel like he's a good starter. He's someone you can depend on. You're going to have a winning season with him. 
but I just don't see him being that quarterback to take you over the top, in my personal opinion. Um, number 13 is where I have Justin Herbert. Uh, this is the only quarterback from uh, the rookie class last year that I really did research on for this list because I heard so much about him. And, I mean, yeah, I will admit, when I went back and watched him, there was a lot that I liked about him. Um, and there's probably maybe even a chance that that, uh, recency bias made him higher in this list than he should be for me. Um, but I, I would not put him top 10 or obviously top 12 either as he sits at number 13 for me. Uh, number 12, I have Kyler Murray. I feel like this is another one that some people overhype, but also one that some people make underrated. Uh, so he's, he's kind of a polarizing quarterback. It depends on how you feel about his size. I feel like size is always a little bit overrated in the NFL. Um, and I've liked him so far. The game that he faced us a couple of years ago and beat us, I thought he was extremely impressive. His maneuverability and just like, it's kind of a cliche people talk about, oh, escaping the pocket, but he does it better than almost anyone I've seen. Um, I think he's even better than Lamar Jackson as far as like pocket awareness. And and he's just so quick. It's like insane. Um, And then my number 11 is going to be Josh Allen. Talk about overrated quarterbacks. Josh Allen is overrated as fuck, in my opinion. Um... (laughs) i glad he got paid. I think in many ways he deserved uh, that contract that he got. Um, but if you go back and watch his two playoff games, he did not look good, like, at all. And um, I know that doesn't discount the entire regular season. He had a good season. But it's like, you know, I feel the same way about Lamar in some sense. It's like, yeah, I have to be good when it counts, you know. Um, and I haven't seen that from him. But with that being said, you know, he's definitely overcome the – the draft pick that he had, he's overcome, you know, in that class, he's, um, one of the better quarterbacks of that draft class, you know, and almost a top 10 quarterback for me, but not quite there. All right. Was that your number 11, Josh? It was. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. So number 15 for me. Um, so I, (laughs) results to me. Um, so number 15, I have Derek Carr. And the reason I have Derek Carr is he's another one of those guys. Him and Kirk Cousins remind me so much of each other where they just, when it comes to statistics and what they do year in, year out, uh, he's another guy. He has an over 100 passer rating. He's uh, He gets the job done. They just don't win games. And, um, and honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of John Gruden this time around. He's okay, but... Uh, Derek Hart, he's a decent quarterback, middle of the road, but 4,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Those are good numbers. Uh, 14, Matt Ryan. Remember, he used to be like an elite quarterback, if you remember, and he just dropped off the face of the earth. Um, He's not putting up the numbers he was touchdown-wise, but his yards, he's still putting up 4,500 yards, and uh, looking pretty decent doing it. Um, they're just, again, it's one of those teams where you're the product of your surrounding with, with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, 13, I have Matt Stafford. I really like Matt Stafford. I've always liked Matt Stafford. Um, I think uh, he was he was surviving in no man's land with Detroit, and he's, he's a good quarterback. Uh, and I will say this. I know everybody says the big thing with Patrick Mahomes and, and the no-look pass. Matt Stafford, he made that throw. He Even Aaron Rodgers gives it to him. Look at Matt Stafford play, and it's just because he's in Detroit. No one ever pays attention to him. Um, number 12, I have Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 
I'm hoping to God he replicates last season and he does okay. Now, he's a guy, I think he had 3,500 yards. I didn't note it down. I think he had 3,500 yards last year, which is decent when you consider, like, Brown's quarterbacks. Um, geez, who's the last guy to even do that with us um, and look good? Was that maybe when Derek Anderson went to the Pro Bowl? Um, anyway, so I have him at number 12. Number 11, I have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a polarizing player. When you look at his his production last season, he had 3,900 yards. He had 800-plus rushing yards. That's insane because I didn't even really know. I, I knew he run, ran the ball, but to that extent, I had no idea. So putting up those two numbers is huge. Uh, so that, that bottoms at my number 11. All right. Well, there we have our first Baker Mayfield appearance at number 12. So... Um, figures you guys have number five that's fine. oh no number one i already said um so <laughs> we're gonna get he into is the... not on my list <laughs> <laughs> um we're gonna get into the top 10 now so we'll go number 10 to number six um and for me my number 10 i do think baker mayfield is a top 10 quarterback um but i would put him at number 10 um only reason I put him above Kyler Murray because they're pretty close for me um, is just the results. Um, kind of like what Chris said previously about um, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. I feel like Baker Mayfield has just more. I know I said I overrated. I think size is overrated, and it is, but I think Baker does have just a little bit more of the intangibles that I would like in a quarterback. He's not as fast as Kyler Murray. He's not running away from defenses like Kyler Murray can, unfortunately. But I have seen Baker make throws, and I know I watch the Browns obviously more than any other team, but I have seen Baker make throws that I haven't seen any other quarterback on this list make in some cases. Uh, They're far and few between. They're not all the time. They're not even more than a few times a season, but some of his throws – I think are just insane. So he is a top 10 quarterback to me. Uh, I would love to see him perform well this year so that I could rank him higher. Cause there are some quarterbacks on here that I'm not fully confident or better than Baker Mayfield, but I can't rate Baker Mayfield higher than them at this point. So I have him at number 10. Um, number nine for me is Matt Ryan. Basically everything, Chris, you were saying about Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr is exactly how I feel about Matt Ryan. I mean, I feel like you talk about like just like a, de- a dependable you know, you have one game, what quarterback do you want on your team? Matt Ryan is in the top three or top five in that conversation, just as far as dependability and, and putting up numbers. Uh, and he's been to a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they had the biggest collapse of all time. But, um, you know, he he has that experience as well. So I still think he's a top ten quarterback. I think, unfortunately, he's in a not the best situation over the years. Um, yeah. Number eight, I have Ryan Tannehill. I've definitely come around on Ryan Tannehill. I when he first got that big contract, I was like, "Well, that was a mistake." I don't think that anymore. Uh, I think last year he proved that he did deserve that. I don't think he's an elite quarterback, and I think just like Baker Mayfield, he's helped out by his running game and the team that he has. But I think overall, he has less than Baker Mayfield, and he's done more than Baker Mayfield. So that's why I rate him a little bit higher here in the top ten. Um, number seven, I have Matthew Stafford. I've been a Matthew Stafford guy ever since like a decade ago when he beat us with like a separated shoulder or whatever. Um, I have always just been waiting for him to get out of Detroit. Thank God he finally has, and he's going to actually a pretty good organization. So I think the Rams are like the sleeper team in the NFL this year. So number seven is Matthew Stafford. And then number six, all personal issues aside, I have Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he is 
the best quarterback to come out of college in the past decade. Um, And I think I would have him higher on this list, but I don't know how long he's going to be in the NFL or outside of prison. So I have him as number six. All right. So I am up. Um, So for, so to comment, Josh, Matt Stafford, I think it was a broken collarbone. Um, Uh, Yes. It was that area. I knew it was that area. And he he came back and, God, that, that yes, and I love him and I think him and Sean McVay are going to do really great things. Um, number ten, I have Dak Prescott. I'm not a huge fan of him, but again, he he dude produces. He has a monster freaking arm, and when it comes to like the eye test, which I am really really big on watching quarterbacks and watching the eye test, and a lot of times the statistics side doesn't really say for what the quarterback is doing and vice versa. I mentioned Derek Anderson. I couldn't freaking stand that guy. He would throw the <laughs> ball up and by happenstance, a, a player would catch it. And I was at a lot of those games where it would happen. And I feel like Dak Prescott, he's one of those guys that it, it just seems the eye test does it for me, even though I don't care for him. So I have met number 10, uh, number nine. I do have Ryan Tannehill. The dude is a leader and Keep in mind, his uh, his receiver background really helps when he's talking to uh, a lot of the players, both on the receiving side and on the uh, and on the with the quarterback side. So I like that. I like as I've always liked him. I just feel like the Miami Dolphins was just a bad team. Um, number eight, you guys are going to hate me. I do have Justin Herbert. I did watch uh, a couple of games with him, and the dude is freaking good, man. Um, he's good. He's a guy. Just a just a mention. Forty three hundred yards, thirty nine touchdowns, and ten interceptions. Uh, for a rookie that that doesn't just happen on accident. Um, I think they have a really good system there. I think they have really good players, and and he ties it together. Uh, number seven, I do have Josh Allen. Um, you, it is one of those players where you watch and. Uh, what the last his playoff game he didn't look good and they everybody has an off game it does and sometimes the the bigger games get to you but Josh Allen he's the Bills are like the Browns in the fact they've always been they're just tough as shit and Josh Allen would be loved as a Cleveland quarterback because he embodies what Buffalo Bills are just like you know, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. And I respect that. And the dude puts up numbers, man. Um, and then number six, I have Lamar Jackson. Uh, enough said. I mean, he he is a top 10 quarterback. The dude does it with his legs. He does it with his arm. And he is – he's like Michael Vick. Only I think he's – he, at his age where Michael Vick was, he is so much smarter and more accurate. Um, whereas Michael Vick was a lot like Jamie Winston throwing the ball when he was younger. So, Lamar Jackson is uh is out at my number six. All right. Um, starting at number ten, I'm gonna go with Dak Prescott. Um, <clears throat> he's another guy. Um, like you said, he he's good, but I feel like on paper he doesn't seem that good. Um, but what like with, like with the eye test, like you mentioned, when I watch him, I'm like, damn, this guy's actually a, a really good quarterback. Um, I might be overrating him a little bit only because he's coming off the injury, so I don't know if he's going to perform like a top 10 quarterback this year. If he even plays, I honestly haven't kept up with his with his health at all. Um, but you right haven't now, been he, watching Hard 10. Knocks, dude? 
<laughs> Oof, no. <laughs> I watched one season when it was the Browns, and that was enough. <laughs> um, number nine, I'm, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Um, like I, I had mentioned on the previous episode, um, I really think him improving off of his sophomore slump season where he just regressed so much and he actually, I think, matured a lot and really improved last season. Um, I think he's going to take even an, another step further. Um, but, you know, with the like I said, all the things I mentioned, the continuity, the weapons on offense, a better defense, that's all going to help Baker and be a, a top-10 quarterback this season. Number eight, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, an older guy, but still, like you said, just dependable, still a, a good guy. Um, tough to lose a Super Bowl that way, especially with that loaded team, but um, and kind of in, in a weird, almost rebuild type of situation. I don't know how many more years he has left in, in Atlanta, at least. Um, but he, he got you know a freak of nature, Kyle Pitts, early in the draft this year, so that's definitely going to help him out for sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, at least for the next couple of years, however long he stays there. So he's number eight. Number seven, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Josh, I completely agree. I <laughs> I was shitting on Ryan Tannehill when when he got that contract as well, um, but he he's proven me wrong. And like I said, you know he's not a he's not Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. But um, for what they need him to do, he does his job and does it very well. And they added Julio Jones to that offense this year. They didn't need any more weapons. Um, with Argo be the best running back in the league as well. So I think Matt or excuse me Ryan Tannehill. Um, is definitely a top 10 quarterback for sure. Um, you know, takes care of the ball. Like I said, not going to wow you, not going to light it, light it up. And may, he might this year, honestly, with, with the weapons he has, like I mentioned, but, but still just a, a guy who's dependable, goes out there, does his job, takes care of the ball. Um, and he's really shocked me, you know, with that transition from wide receiver to quarterback. That's a, not an easy thing to do for sure. Um, but he's, he's done it and he's made a great career out of it. So good for him. And then number six, I'm going to go with uh, Lamar Jackson. As much as I'd love to shit on Lamar Jackson because he, we play him twice a year, um, the guy is just unreal. I mean, <laughs> and I, I know people want to say, oh, but he can't throw. He, he does have a good arm. He has a lot of power. Um, you know, again, he's not the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes type of pocket quarterbacks, uh, but he has a really good arm. And obviously, I mean, running the ball it, it, might be the best runner in the league in the open field. The guy, you can't catch him. Um, he's shifty. And, you know, exactly like Michael Vick, 2004. I mean, he's just he's just a cheat code when he's out there. So yeah, um, you definitely have to prepare for a guy like that. Um, and, you know, just get some fast guys on the edge that can go sideline to sideline because that's the only way you're going to be able to stop that guy from running the ball. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our top five. This is where it's going to get really dicey here. I think for the most part we have the same top five, so I'm very interested in seeing where they fall for everybody. Um, For me, at number five, um, I think it's really interesting because we didn't set any parameters for any of us going into this, so we don't really know what any of us had in mind making the list. For me personally, um, I had... I treat it as going into this season. If you had to pick a quarterback for this full season, who would you take? Uh, so at number five, I have Lamar Jackson. I have gone on record a lot saying that I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be a long-term elite quarterback. I think he's going to have, you know, the life, the prime, the lifespan of a running back because he plays like a running back. Um, and I think 
he's he's a good passer. He's a good quarterback, and there are things you can't ignore, like his MVP, for example. Um, so in the long term, I don't have a lot of faith. But I have him in my top five because I think short term, he is incredible. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think he will be that this season. So while I don't see him being a top five or maybe you know a top 10, top 15 quarterback a decade from now, I think he's one of the best right now. So he's my number five. Um, number four, I have Russell Wilson, one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, I think, you know, he's never really recovered from that last Super Bowl loss, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but, um, there was a little bit of rumors and talk last year about an MVP run didn't really work out for him, but still, I think one of the most productive and one of the most elite quarterbacks, despite his size in the NFL. Um, and then I would go at number three. This is where it's going to get really controversial here. I'm going to go at number three, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes. He's obviously incredible. Um, but there's just two quarterbacks that going into this season I would take over him. And at number two, uh, one of those quarterbacks is Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. I love how he plays. I love when you watch him play. It just looks like someone playing pickup football in the backyard. Like he looks completely confident and calm at all moments of the game. Um, and I, I think he's had some tough breaks. Obviously, you would think someone like him would have more Super Bowls than he does. Um, but I think that he is one of the most talented to ever play the position. So I have him in my number two. So I guess we can do number one on its own. So we'll just go from number five to number two. That's where I'll stop for mine. Okay. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I, I like your four picks, Josh. Um, I, uh, wow. Number five. I have as Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He's. I feel like he's always been like the fifth best quarterback in the league since really his second year. Uh, I do feel like uh, he kind of has that BoJack Horseman. He had that glory uh, <laughs> Super Bowl, and then once he lost, it was just all downhill, and now it's almost living in the past. But last season, he did have an amazing, amazing string of games, that MVP-style that he does, and then it just it, – it's it's like it fell apart. Um, still ended up with over 4,200 yards. Uh, still ended up with over 500 rushing yards, 40 touchdowns, which is incredible, and over a 100 passer rating. He still gets it done, uh, and he has a great system. I love uh, Coach Carroll. I, I think that he's one of the best uh, coaches in the league. And the reason is – and I the reason I'm going on about this is because – uh, I wasn't big on Pete Carroll, and he is one of my favorite coaches that actually coaches two players' strengths. Uh, Russell Wilson was really small out of college. I was a huge fan of him, and um, and he he specifically drafted him because he wanted to move him out of the pocket. He wanted to get him away from the line. He knew what he was good at, and he drafted around him. I loved it. Uh, number four is Deshaun Watson. Honestly, he could easily be in my top three. Um the guy, the guy had. I want to. Say, I think he had the most passing yards in the league last year. He had over forty eight hundred. Um, he is precise. Uh, he is. I agree with Josh one hundred percent. He is one of the best quarterbacks to come out of college in the last ten years. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. And I know there's a lot of good quarterbacks to come out of college, but Deshaun Watson has every every eye test, every it factor you can have for a quarterback. If I'm going to start a franchise, even right now, um, 
number three I'm going to have, and this is crazy. And I, I had to, there's a lot that went into this. Uh, number three, I put in at Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady is my favorite quarterback of all time. He is, um, and he is not just a great player, but he is an amazing coach. Uh, and, and that is, is a huge tangible for a player. Uh, everything about him on and off the field is absolutely amazing. Um, but, uh, but age is a thing. It is one of those things where uh, he has had injuries in the past. And with his age, I'm just, he's one hit away. Uh, so it's a big risk for me. Um, and the number two I have is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Everything Josh just said. Um, he's he's a fun quarterback to watch. He's Joe Cool. He's, uh, I mean, he's he's almost everything. So uh, that is my number two. Alrighty. Um, number five for me is going to be Deshaun Watson. Um, like you said, Josh, I don't know uh, where his new digs will be. Will it be outside or will it be in jail? I don't even know. I haven't really heard much about that that recently, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. But on the field, um, the guy's just unbelievable. He's one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen personally. Um, the guy's a winner, and I've been saying for years that if they just gave him a decent offensive line, when that Houston team still had all their pieces together with you know Hopkins and, and Watt and Clowney on the defensive side as well, um, that team really could have done something if they would have protected their quarterback because he was just running for his damn life every single week. Um, so they really screwed him with that. But nonetheless, he's still a fantastic quarterback. Um, number four, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Um, just, you know, obviously a good guy off the field as well. Um, he is – I feel like he's just consistent. Like, I was big on him last year. I was chanting, you know, MVP for him early in the season, and then the bottom really fell out, <laughs> you know, about halfway through the season, and then he just kind of yeah went to a tailspin. Um, but he's still a top five quarterback in my eyes. Um, and yeah, they really haven't been the same. That whole team, not just Russell Wilson, hasn't been the same since that Super Bowl uh, that loss. But he's still he's still a great quarterback. And like I say, he's just consistent. For, you know, another small guy like a Drew Brees, but he's de- you know deadly accurate. Can also move his legs, and um, he, he's just a leader. I think guys really respond to his leadership and just him being a general out there and, you know, just, you know, marching and marching the troops down the field. Um, number three, I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, undoubtedly his last season in green Bay. I don't know what's going to happen next year, but I mean, they still have Devontae Adams, arguably the best wide receiver in the league. So Aaron Rodgers still has to be happy about that. Um, and a good running game with Aaron Jones as well. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is probably, one of the most disappointing careers of all time and not from anything that he has done only because his talent is so good. I mean, he's arguably the most talented quarterback in the history of professional football, bar none. Um, I don't think as far as just pure talent wise, many people are, are ahead of him. Um, but he still just has that one Super Bowl on his resume. Um, and I know, I mean, you could say, you could point at the, the front office for not putting the pieces around him and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I put some weight into that, obviously. But, I mean, the guy is just immensely talented, one of the greatest of all time. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, his last his last season in Green Bay, um, hopefully he'll make it a good one. There's, there's still a, a decent team, but we'll see if his heart is really in it and if he really, uh, you know, puts forth a good effort this year. And then number two, I'm a, I'm a diehard Tom Brady and, and Patriots fan as well. Um, 
the guy just keeps and I, like I said, I've been a, a diehard my whole life, and he still keeps proving me wrong every time I think he's done, or you know he doesn't have it anymore. He keeps proving me wrong. Um, the Bucks really were you know kind of a eh team last year, halfway through the season, then they made you know that incredible run and end up just you know dominating Kansas City in the in the Super Bowl. They're making it hard for Patrick Mahomes. I expect the Bucks to be another great team this year. They brought back basically everybody on both sides of the ball. So they're, they're pretty much going to run it back the same way. Um, and Brady, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy that's, you know, bombing it out to his wide receivers. He can dink his dunk his way down the field. You know he, that's what he's going to do, and you still can't stop it. The guy is just unbelievable. He doesn't age. And, uh, yeah, he's he's just behind, obviously, my number one quarterback. But the guy is just still unbelievable and still proving me wrong year after year. And uh, do you think that they could end up bringing back Jules? Uh, Julian. I wouldn't rule it out because I thought Gronk was done, done for sure. And that, I mean, they proved me wrong, obviously, with that one. So I would not rule that one out. Um, absolutely. I mean, they could bring him back. And I, I think he'd be more productive than somebody like Gronkowski would at this point. They – and I, it makes me wonder with a guy like him in that system. I love that Bruce Arians. Uh, he he was uh, interviewed and he's they asked him like you know how do you coach a guy like Brady and he's like sometimes we're in the player huddle and he starts and he's like and I I've learned say like, I let him go I, you know I don't I don't try to coach over him sometimes it's better to just let him him run that huddle and let him mm-hmm. talk to the guys when when you've been doing it that long and. The fact that a coach can set his ego aside and no greatness. I mean, it, it's that whole, just that whole aura of that player. And he's not egotistical. And it, it, they can bring in, and it makes me wonder, you know, with like Bill Belichick and the Patriots bringing in all of these older, um, harder to coach veterans. I mean, they brought in Antonio Brown. Like, Antonio Brown has a Super Bowl room. <laughs> <laughs> like what? You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just it's crazy. It's crazy that when you play with players like that, and you have that, um, what do some of the players say? Like that motivation of they don't want to let Tom Brady down. So it's it, that's just it's so cool to watch with players like that, you know. And I think that's one of the things with guys like Aaron Rodgers, who is just he you don't hear anybody speak bad of him. Everybody likes Aaron Rodgers, right? And then when they talk about guys like Tom Brady, and the only reason I'm saying this and going off on this is because this is truly the greatest. We are living and watching the greatest quarterback in NFL history at this point. You know what I mean? Possibly the greatest football player in NFL history. So it's cool to be able to see this and live this and see the aura and the, uh, and, and what that brings to a team, because who knows when we will ever see that again. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, same way with, like, another guy like LeBron in basketball where they're just – they're so smart. They see the game so differently than other people. They can predict things. They can see things before they happen. And, like you said, if the coach can put their ego aside and just let them go, I mean – yeah. That's that's just a coach's honestly that's his dream right there. Just not have to worry yeah. about that. Having you know the guy out there just just run the offense and you know run it well. Yeah, exactly. And I not to compare the sports, but I saw a clip the other day of uh, Coach Kerr giving um, who who did he give the the clipboard to? Was it a uh, 
Draymond Green. No, it was Iguodala back then. I think he then, gave it to everybody. When they were really point. good. Yeah, like, and he just, like, let them run the huddle. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. here you go. You guys know what you're doing. And, and Durant and all of them were in the huddle. It's so it's so cool to watch that because you don't – I feel like some teams, you're not going to see that, you know? So, yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, so yeah. with all that being said, um, I knew Nick was a huge Patriots fan going into this. And, uh, Chris, I know, you know, obviously how you felt about Tom Brady. Um, yet I'm the only one that's able to recognize him as the number one quarterback in the NFL, apparently. So um, <laughs> I have Tom Brady, the GOAT, the, uh, you know, just unmitigated, absolute, undisputed GOAT as the number one and let me just step back for a second um last year when we came to this podcast i had no faith in tom brady on the buccaneers i started the year by saying they wouldn't make the playoffs prove me wrong and then they proved me wrong and i said he wouldn't make the super bowl and then he made the super bowl then i said he wouldn't win it and he won it i mean just just to recognize not only that he did that that he left debatably the greatest coach and organization of all time went to a new team and immediately took them to the Super Bowl and won it in one year. Um, You know, something that LeBron was not able to do in Miami or Cleveland or L.A., go and win it in the first year, you know, not to compare the sports. But, I mean, and the way he did it, he beat Aaron Rodgers to get to the Super Bowl, and then he beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like, what more can you ask of him? It's it's really, I mean, I had no choice but to put him at number one. I'm not at all the biggest Tom Brady fan. I just recognize his accomplishments um, and recognize, you know, like I said, what quarterback would I take going into this year for the season? Tom Brady has given me no reason to think he's too old. Chris, you bring up the, you know, the one good point about maybe he's one hit away, but he's never really had an injury trouble history I think there was like that one year he was hurt back in the day or something but he's never really had that either so uh, first half half of Tom Brady (laughs) he has two he has two Hall of Fame careers remember (laughs) yeah so that's I mean all that aside I mean I get it I get Patrick Mahomes and everything and Aaron Rodgers and these other debatably amazing quarterbacks and maybe they'll be better this year but Tom Brady just beat both of them less than a year ago so I'm gonna go with Tom Brady as number one. Okay. I it's hard to argue you. You know what I mean? Like I made my list. I picked I picked talking. your guy. How are you gonna argue it? You know, <laughs> and this is crazy. When I was in high school, we're talking two thousand two, um, and Tom Brady Tom Brady got the starting job um over Drew Bledsoe and he uh he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it was just it, it was crazy because they didn't go into thinking he was anything like that. And now you're hitting a time, um, or I'm sorry, 2001. Um, and now you're hitting a time where like fast forward to this, and I've from it's weird to say, but like after that Super Bowl, people paid attention to him, even though their defense was amazing. Um, I became a, a fan of him. And I remember Madden 2003, I chose him as my quarterback in my franchise. And I just, I liked him, right? Started watching him. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, I freaking love this guy. But it kind of sucked because he was just automatically good. Um, number one on my list though. And, and it's, this is what's so tough. Number one on my list is a player I never 
have thought this highly of um, until I've seen him this past season, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Um, This dude is just so freaking good. And I feel like when it comes – like Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and I will say this, the Super Bowl teams Tom Brady has been on, the defense has been amazing. Defense has always been amazing for Tom Brady. He's always been able to rely and anchor to hold the team. It, it, Brady plays by death of a thousand paper cuts. He'll throw the he'll throw the five yard slants on you over and over and over and over and over again, and it, it's all yak. And he'll he'll kill you with that, and then go for the long bomb. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he. I feel like he has just been coached so well by who I already said, who I think personally, I think is the, is the best coach uh, in Andy Reid. I think he is the quarterback whisperer, as I said, and he, he just did so well with Patrick Mahomes and took what his talent and his skill set is. And uh, he just evolutionized that Uh, Patrick Mahomes is making throws that kids are doing in the backyard and he brings the flash, and he brings the stats, and he brings the wins. Um, he sticks. He stands out to any other quarterback. I think uh, he his awareness is absolutely astounding, uh, almost to the point where he's playing with teams, um, and that's something that's it's different. And when you talk about an it factor, um, I mean he has. He's another guy. I've said it already before with Deshaun Watson, but. Uh, Mahomes just takes it to a different level. Um, it's very hard to argue a his stats and 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 the win column for him. I mean, he's won the championships and he's just he's that damn good. So um, he was beat by Tom Brady, but Tom Brady did win that game. But the Buccaneers defense won that game. You know what I mean? It was just it was a very different. It's I don't very know. I mean, Tom Brady threw three right. touchdowns, no interceptions, but he does. Yes, in, in statistics. Yes, and it, it, that's where it's really, really, really the, the tough. Chiefs, the to Chiefs' me. defense. Chiefs' defense ain't no fucking bums either. No, they're not. And that, and it's honestly, it's the flip of a coin with that, and that's what makes it so hard to decide. Is is what are you going for uh, with when you look at your you know your top list here? What are you going for? And it was one that I, I did struggle with and putting Tom Brady at number three even is what guy am I going to take? And if I'm going to take a guy right now, though. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. You put him at three. He's not even at two. I did. I did. I did. And you're, because you cannot argue. Aaron Rodgers yeah, literally you're right. can do anything. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the crazy thing. I yeah. I would love to see. And this is the thing too. I would love to see Patrick Mahomes, and I'm I'm intrigued to hear what Nick thinks. I would love to see um, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers play Tom Brady's style of ball, or vice versa. You know what I mean? I think Tom Brady has always been a very safe, very consistent uh, play, whereas these other guys, I mean, the accuracy and the throws these guys make, they're just absolutely incredible. You know, so mm-hmm. Nick, what what do you think? <clears throat> well, I, I mean, obviously, I have no surprise. I have Patrick Mahomes number one, um, and I know that we're talking about just going into this year. Who is the best? Um, 
I still have to put Mahomes slightly above Brady. Um, I don't know. I just and I, I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady because he absolutely, you know, was great in that Super Bowl. And you know, all credit to him. Yes, his defense was great and got in Patrick Mahomes' face, and but Patrick Mahomes was still making some wild throws that his receivers, you know, did him no favors by dropping because he was still putting the ball just in impossible windows that, you know, nobody should even be able to do that, even in a video game. Um, but still, all credit to Tom Brady and the Bucks. They still they beat him fair and square. I still think when it's all said and done, talent-wise right now, Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. Um, you talk about a basketball player who can jump out of the gym. Patrick Mahomes can throw out of the stadium. I mean, the guy just has arm strength for days, and when you have a guy – like Tyreek Hill, where you can just say, hey, run a straight line and I'll get it to you because I can throw it, you know, the whole length of the field practically in the air. I mean, that's just almost unstoppable. And it's one thing to have a big arm, but he's incredibly accurate as well. I mean, he, he knows how to um, – I'm trying to say – he knows he has good control on it. It's not just like just whipping it out there just because he, he can. He has a big arm. We've seen a lot of guys like that who, you know – can throw it, you know, for miles, but their, you know, their accuracy is off, or you know, they can't make a, a five-yard out route, you know. So Patrick Mahomes, in that aspect, I, I still have to put him above Tom Brady, only because, just pure talent-wise, he's still, I think, head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, and you know, Tom Brady is still number two, not necessarily because of his, you know, he's more talented than everybody else at this stage of his career, no. Um, but just all the stuff that we talked about with his mindset, being able to run the offense, being, you know, he can fire guys up. Guys don't want to let him down. Um, and, you know, he's just, a, he, he's just a winner. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, to answer your question, would succeed as much with that, um, with, with Tom Brady's style of, of play. Because, I mean, Back in the day, yes, he could he could throw the ball all around the yard with the best of them. But you know, in his later years, he's been more conservative. Like I said, dinking and dunking his way down the field, just kind of Swiss Army knife slicing through a defense, and you still can't stop it. Um, I mean, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers would do great with that, but I think their talent is so much more, um, it's so much higher than Tom Brady's. At least, like I said, at this point, when he's 40 years old. Um, I don't know if that would be a right, the right approach for them. Um, so in th- for that reason, I would have to put Patrick Mahomes just, again, slightly ahead of Tom Brady. Um, and I'm a Tom Brady fan. And like I said, he's been proving me wrong for years. Um, and he can still prove me wrong again this year. He'd go out and win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, I don't think he's ever done that. I think and I think he might have done that. I'm not sure, honestly. I can't remember. But um, I, I still think just – Pure talent-wise, Patrick Mahomes is still head and shoulders above anybody else and arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. And I, I do want to make a mention real quick um, because it, if memory serves me right, the, you know, the Super Bowl, which was a great game, uh, and Patrick Mahomes, he was injured, right? He, I remember the game. They lost two of their linemen. Um, he was running for his life most of the game. And I think he, he had a foot injury and a concussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, the, I don't think he had the concussion. But, I mean, he, he did get from the, the Brown. He got the concussion against us, but, yeah, I mean, obviously he was cleared and everything. But, yes, his foot also, yes, he, he had a foot injury. But he had 
foot injury. And I remember most of the game, he was literally running for his life. And you had the Buccaneers defense just literally well, smacking. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. So real quick, this is obviously super unrealistic. By the way, we've already gone a long time, so I don't want to make you guys, you know. But just really quick, I was gonna ask, um, without getting bogged down in all the minor details of it, though. Um, okay, you go back to the Super Bowl and you switch Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, but leave everything else the same. You just switch those two. Are you saying that the Buccaneers with Patrick Mahomes win the Super Bowl? Uh, to me, yes, yes. Okay. I think that their talent level. I think that their talent level is. I'm going to say very equal, but they're two different completely styles of play. I think, honestly, it's it's really tough to say because, yes, I do. I'm not trying to say it's tough to say as far as all of the the factors that go into a football team. If I'm taking a singular player out and, and analyzing how good they are, um, it's I think Mahomes is better than Brady. Uh, Brady and his uh, his uh, surgical awareness of the field of where his players are going to be, things like that, are beyond anybody right now. I mean, he has the most experience, and it's just the I'm looking at the the singular physical aspects of what Mahomes does and how he recognizes things. Um, it, it, the the two teams are just there's so many factors with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Nick, Nick, you think the same thing? As far as the Super Bowl-wise go, uh, yeah, I would say if you switched them, Mahomes would win. Um, only because, I mean, that Buccaneers defense made, I, I think whoever was the quarterback on the other side would just wreak havoc on whoever was out there, like you said, with the injuries, with the offensive line. Um, also, I think just based on that alone, uh, uh, Tampa Bay would still win. I, uh, yeah, I guess that's just where we disagree. You know, that's the difference, you know, here. Um, and I think it's totally fair what you guys are saying. I think if you switch, I think Patrick Mahomes, for as amazing as he is, he's still a little bit rough around the edges. He's running for his life sometimes because he wants to play hero ball. Um, I think Tom Brady is just a, a, an expert, a veteran of the game. And even with an injured offensive line, he would have gotten rid of the ball quickly. With Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, he would have scored touchdowns, which Patrick Mahomes didn't. Uh, I think that's just the difference. I would have taken the Chiefs if they switched spots in that one game, in that one scenario. Um, but you guys could absolutely be right. There's obviously no way we would ever know. So um, that I guess that's just the fundamental difference between you know our number ones. But I think overall this has been awesome. This has been a great list, very fun. Um, Chris, obviously you're welcome back this season. Um, loved having you on. Thank you for coming on. Go ahead and uh, whatever you want to plug here at the moment, go ahead. No, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I definitely look forward to uh, to coming back on and, and talking more sports. It's nice to talk to some people with uh, with good knowledge and that can actually disagree respectfully instead of just literally yelling and disrespecting and throwing shit at you. Oh, so I don't. It's, it's really nice. I don't respect you. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I just I'm not gonna yell. My mic levels would get all ruined. Though I may not agree with what you're saying, I will defend to the death. You're right to say it. <laughs> Chris and I are going to text after this and completely trash you. <laughs> no, so wait. You know. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like, dude, Tua at 18? Nick, check <laughs> your messages, dude. I'm blowing up over here. Wait, it's like the most, it's like the most random things too that you guys are mad about. Like not about the top of the list. You're just like Jalen hurts at 27. It's like, all right, it's not that big of a deal. 
cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on. Um, Nick, you got anything to say to, to lead us off here, leading us into this opening game this weekend? Uh, yeah, just to reiterate, uh, thank you again, Chris, for coming on. Well, I definitely look to have you on, um, if not once, maybe twice more, uh, at least this year. Um, and then we'll also try to get a few more guests on this year. Um, just, you know, so you don't have to hear Josh and I just talk about the same stuff, get a, you know, a third person's point of view on certain things. So we'll, we'll definitely try to keep that going this year. Um, but overall, uh, I think it was a great episode. Um, thank you for listening. As always, you can follow us at hot takes two one six on Twitter at hot takes on the lake on Instagram. Um, and yeah, just, uh, we're really happy to be back for season three. We can't be more excited for, you know, the Browns. I mean, like I said, we're finally, finally looking forward to a, a Brown season, not dreading it. So, uh, it can't get here quick enough. You know, it's a couple more weeks and then hopefully not too much misery this year. Hopefully we can come on here and at least 12 to 13 times, you know, come here and, and have a good time and, you know, report back a, a, a nice victory. So thank you again. And, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.